Welcome back to another episode of Useless Degrees. I'm your host, Anthony Rastigue, and now that we're friends, you may call me Tony. Today, my guest is Lauren. Lauren earned a marketing degree from the University of Alabama and now works as an event manager. She is also the host of upcoming show Life Snacks Podcast, a podcast under the Manifest Her Network, and her show focuses on the life lessons that we weren't taught in school. Today, we're going to talk about her journey into the podcasting space, along with many lessons that people can gain from her upcoming show. Now let's get started. All right. Welcome to the show today, Lauren. Thank you so much for being on today. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm so excited to be here. I am too, and I'm also fantastic. And so let's get right into it. So this is your first uh, podcast that you've been on, correct? This is. I'm usually sitting in your chair, um, asking all the questions, doing all the research. So I love the intro because I am a fan of digging up all the information beforehand as well. And I know how that works. Well, I can assure you that being a guest is just as fun as being a host. I can, t- I can definitely tell you that. Um, well, we'll see. Well, hopefully I live up to your other guests. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's get into it. So how's your life been since graduating from Alabama a few short years ago? Yeah, life's been great. I think that's funny that I say it's been great because, you know, life's been crazy and there's really no recipe for this post-grad life. I left Alabama a year early and actually graduated while I was living in San Francisco working for the tech company I currently work for now. So I kind of had um, a different college experience for my senior year and graduation, which was a cool experience living in San Francisco and working for an incredible company. Um, And now I'm fully remote working for the same company, but living in Chicago. That's actually a fascinating way to spend your senior year. Talk to me a little bit about that. Walk me through like your whole decision making process behind that, because I'd imagine it definitely wasn't easy to leave the fun atmosphere that is the University of Alabama. Yeah, I mean, roll tide. (laughs) It was I was looking for internships summer going into my senior year. Um, So it was my junior year and I got the internship at the company I work for now on their field and event marketing team. And then um, as I was working there and living in San Francisco that summer, I kind of just felt like I was ready for more. Um, To be quite honest with you, I had a lot of fun at Alabama and I partied a lot. And that's what I did until one day I decided I don't want to do that anymore. Um, I would consider myself kind of an extremist personality. So I kind of was looking for an internship and found this awesome opportunity at this company and was like, I think I'm ready for more. And it sounds crazy when I think about it now, because I look back on that version of me and I'm like, damn, I don't know how you did that either. Um, But at the time, it was a great decision for me. And I really had a cool opportunity at hand to live in San Francisco and accept this offer and work full time for the company as I finished college as a full time student online, which was a whole nother journey in itself being a student in your senior year online, but it was a great experience and it kind of brought me to where I am. Now, what was the initial reaction from your friends once they heard that you're pretty much exiting the fun atmosphere and going into the more adult world a little bit early? I think they weren't surprised because I had kind of removed myself from a lot of things that I used to do. And I just was like going through this I wouldn't say it was like a mental health journey, but I think it was like I was trying to figure out what who I was and what was next for me. So knowing my my friends know me so well, I think they were just like, yeah, like a big change was coming for Lauren and they were supportive. And I actually I went back to Alabama for my senior bar crawl. So the important events always. But yeah, they were pretty supportive of me. 
Well, I hope you went back at least once or twice for a football game, at least. I know. I haven't been back for a game just because the past few years have been pretty crazy and then COVID, but um, my boyfriend would love to go back for a game. So hopefully we'll go back soon. Now, once you settled into that new city and everything, did you get like a little bit of FOMO and, you know, or maybe just any sort of anxiety that comes with making a new environment your home altogether? Yeah, I think this is something I talk about a ton. No one tells you about this time after college when you graduate and especially if you move to a new city how to make adult friends. No one talks about it. No one tells you what it's like to be sitting in your studio apartment and being like, okay, it's Friday night. I don't have one person I could call right now, but I used to have a hundred people I could call. Right. So it was, it was scary. And there was a lot of anxiety. I don't think I ever felt like I made the wrong decision, but I did feel at times when I was working and trying to finish school and my friends were on spring break, I was like, okay, I might've really fucked up here. Like this is, this is very different from what I could be doing. But I think I've always been someone that like, when I set my mind to something, my mom would say that about me. I just do like once I decide on something, there's no looking back. So I think that was just like my move to San Francisco and I live in Chicago now. It was just like my move here. Well, hopefully you made a decent amount of adult friends along the way too. So that's really good to hear. (laughs) And so your show focuses on the lessons that we weren't taught in schools, kind of like what you just mentioned with making friends after college. So what are some of the lessons that you ended up learning as life went on for you? I think it's an evolving process. I'm still learning. um, And the way I'm pitching my show is like, I don't know the answers, but hopefully I'm going to bring on the women who do and who can give us those answers. And they've been through this time in life and they can kind of provide that wisdom and guidance. But if I could talk about my show in three main categories, it would be community relationships and friendships. So Well, I guess that's the one category. So like building community. So those are relationships and friendships and then health, whether that's physical health or mental health and then finances. I think especially we as women, we struggle to talk about our money. We struggle to talk about our finances. We really struggle to own that part of our life. And it's because we a weren't taught those things in school. Was there a class that said, here's how you set up your 401k. Here's how you get started with investing. Here's when you should get started with investing. And I think it's been such a male dominated conversation. So one of my biggest goals is really bringing that to light for women of my age and getting people on the podcast. I had Jean Chatsky on, she's an incredible expert and having those conversations, like I'll ask the stupid questions. What's a 401k? What's a mutual fund? Where should I be investing my money? Because those conversations need to be had and especially at our age. Exactly. Because at first glance, it could be such an intimidating topic to go over, intimidating next step. So simplifying that is definitely the way to take and reduce so much stress when it comes to that. Yeah. And just like not being intimidated by the conversation. I think myself included, I have always heard those conversations about finance and investing, but I'm like, that's, oh, that used to be a male's game. Like in my head, I never took interest. And it's like, wait, if I'm 23 years old today and I want to have a successful financial future, this starts yesterday. So what can I do now? I know you're kind of just, as I like to say on the show quite a bit, you're thrown into an ocean without knowing how to swim. Yeah, exactly. And so let's talk about the network that hosts your show, Manifest Her, which is a network of ambitious women coming together to navigate the abyss of adulthood. 
So how did you come across this network and how were you able to get a show essentially run through them? Yeah. So I launched my first three episodes with the Manifest Her Network. um, And now I'm launching my own podcast next Tuesday. That's going to be on its own like platform and stuff. But to answer your question about the Manifest Her Network, um, Steph Caldwell, a friend and mentor of mine, I read her book and it is called Manifest Her. And it really rocked my world. Like she just talks about, I think in the first chapter of her book, she says something like you go to college, you get the job and then you wake up every day and you're like, I know I meant for more, but I don't know what more is and where do I go from here? And Steph calls it your post-prescribed life. So what she set out to do with that book and the Manifest Her Network was to really bring ambitious women together that wanted to talk about bigger things, whether it was their careers, their entrepreneurial aspirations, building authentic connections. So actually after reading her book, I just reached out to her. I was like, hi, I'm Lauren. I would love to connect. Your book was so impactful for me. And that's how I got involved with their network. And I was kind of trying to figure out what my next thing was. And I think because I left college year early, I've always had these thoughts like, wait, why did no one tell us that we weren't going to have any adult friends or it was hard? So, and I was a year before my friends. So we were always having these conversations and I was like, yeah, I know, I know. So then I was like, why don't I create a podcast to talk about it? And Steph being the amazing woman she is, she's like, let me help you kind of walk before you run. Why don't you do a pre-series launch on the Manifest Her podcast with our networking community behind you so you can see if you like it, see if you're good at it and really get the word out there. So that's how I started. And I have had three episodes with them. And then next Tuesday, I'm launching the Life's Next podcast under my own brand. But I'm forever thankful for Steph and Manifest Her because It's been a community of women that have stood by me since I came up with the idea and they still are my biggest cheerleaders and like some of my closest friends that I've made that I talk to about these kind of things. And that's amazing that you were able to have them help you get your start too, as opposed to going the route that I did and essentially started from scratch and pretty much build the community uh, that starts with the people that are closest to me, friends and family, and then reach out to more people and have them share various episodes through social media and everything. So that is, must have been a lot of support that that whole network was able to give you prior to launching your first couple episodes. Absolutely. And that was Steph's goal from starting the network. Like as people, as humans, as women, we go further together. Like we need each other to be successful, right? We need to have these conversations. We need to knowledge share. We are so much more powerful when we come together as a group. And I think I learned that firsthand um, and her network has been an incredible resource for myself and so many other women. Yeah. And I'd also just like to say their network is kind of evolving. So Steph is launching my PM school, which is an after hours program and podcast for ambitious women pursuing their dreams. So that's kind of what's to come of the program, but it's really evolved with the incredible woman that's built it. That's amazing. So would you say that that is what keeps you to continue recording episodes and getting your voice heard? Or is there anything else that pushes and amplifies that drive that you have? I love to talk to people. Like I love to hear people's life story. If you find me at a party, I'm probably trying like in some awkwardly deep conversation that no one asked for, but like I am a question asker at heart, which is why this is so weird for me too. But I just really want to create a community of women that are empowered and thoughtful, especially in this post-grad time to realize they're not alone. Like we all have these doubts about ourselves. We all feel like we don't know the answers and there's no syllabus for life after college, but 
hopefully this podcast and community I'd like to build and I'm building will kind of alleviate that and help women realize that we're in this together and every thought we're having about post-grad life is normal. Absolutely. And since entering the podcast space, what have you learned about yourself that you may have not expected to at first? I think I actually was thinking about this question this morning when I saw the notes you sent over. And I think it's, I've known this in my life, but especially in podcasting, you just have to ask. People are so much kinder than you think. People want to help you. And if you don't ask, the answer is always going to be no. And I found that when I left school and I asked Atlassian and if I could keep my job and work for them while finishing school online. And I had the same opportunity when I said, I want to move to Chicago, but I don't want to leave my job. And I think I've learned that over and over and over again in this podcast that people really do want to help. You just have to ask and put that idea out there. Exactly. And like you said, I mean, you're never really going to get to where you want to be if you don't take those first initial steps and, you know, take enough courage to ask in the first place. So you make a really good point with that. And so what's the future looking like for your brand? Where are you hoping to take this show down the line? Well, the show launches on Tuesday and I have a lot of dreams and aspirations, but I think community is at my soul, what I want to build a community that helps women feel empowered and less alone behind this time in life. I don't know how far and what the podcast will evolve into, but I am hosting an event in Chicago with a panel of women speakers and going to start promoting that soon to bring women together. Like girls my age who might have just moved to Chicago who don't have a friend yet or who are interested in having these similar conversations and just kind of talking about life and what the future looks like and the fears and aspirations they have as well. And so I I actually want to get on this topic. So you live in Chicago and work for a company that's elsewhere, correct? They're based in San Francisco and Sydney, Australia, but we have remote teams. Um, It's kind of funny because I was approved to go remote when I moved here and then COVID hit and now pretty much anyone can go remote, right? So so you basically did it before it was cool. Yeah, I did it when I was the youngest person on my team. And I was like, so I really don't want to leave my job, but I really want to move to Chicago as this possible. And it was one of, it was probably the scariest moment because I was just so, so nervous and felt like I had so much on the line, but now everyone's remote, right? So thank God I asked. Yeah. And, and talk to me a little bit about working in a city in which your office is not located, because that's got to be an interesting lifestyle where you can wake up every day and not have to worry about catching the train to get down to the loop or wherever like your office yeah. would be if you were in Chicago or something. And, you know, instead, you pretty much just have to open up your laptop at home and then you're, there you go. Because I've always found the living situation often determining where people end up working as well. You know, you find yeah. a, you find a job in a trendy city. You obviously move to that city, so you can essentially go to work there and make that whole new city your lifestyle. But you've got an inter- interesting circumstance, so I'd like to hear a little bit more on that from your perspective. Yeah, I'll preface it by saying I'm incredibly grateful for the company I work for and for the opportunities they've given me, and just for the belief they've had in me. I interviewed there when I was 19. So my team has seen me literally grow into the person I am today. But living in a city that you don't have an office in, especially pre-COVID, I do field marketing and events. So I traveled a lot as it was. I did trade shows um, all across the US and I would fly back to our offices in San Francisco, which for me was great because my family's in San Francisco and I have tons of friends in San Francisco and I lived there for almost two years. So I have a lot of life there. Um, I loved it. 
And I think I, I wish I could go to the office like three days a week. I'm a social person. I like to get dressed, but I'm a really routine oriented person. So I wake up at 5am, I go to the gym, I eat breakfast and I'm at my computer at eight. That's just who I am, no matter where I live. I think if I wasn't that way, I would feel a little bit lost. Like I was floating, like without really an anchor, but because I've always been so routine oriented, I, I, I like it. I mean, Hey, working in your pajamas on a Monday is not that bad, but I do wish I could put jeans on and go into the office and just like, I miss the chit chat, right? I'm sure you're a social person too. It's nice to be able to talk to people. And I think when we're in the office, we do have more learning opportunities that present themselves just because we're there, right? Right. It's the human connection that also adds a lot more to the environment and essentially loving what you do and the people that you work with too. Do you see yourself down the line ever taking a job that will have an office that you can spend three days a weekend? I don't know what I see myself doing next week, but I I would love to have a community space. I was a member at the wing in Chicago um, before COVID, and I love that. It was like a bunch of working women. There's a cafe. There was happy hours. There's networking events. It was a great space to work in. And whether it has to do with a company, I would love to have a space to go to like that eventually. And so let's take a couple steps back now. And in terms of utilizing your degree from Alabama, do you think that you made the right choice when it comes to the school and major? I think when I went away to college, I was what? I think I was 17 until like a few weeks before because I'm young for my grade. And I didn't care about what my degree was. I didn't care about the school aspect, to be honest. And maybe that makes me crazy, but... I was 18. I wanted to go away to school. I wanted to join a sorority and that was a priority. And who I am today is so different. So I wouldn't do things over again, but I do wish, I wish I could go to school tomorrow and go back to college because I have a lot of passions now. And I think my interests and my passions weren't developed then. So being a business major and a marketing major, and I was a computer science minor was great on paper and it did give me some great skills, but it'd be great to go to school for journalism or just like something different that I think is super interesting. Um, the business school was hard. It killed me the finance classes. Cause that's just not my forte, but I wouldn't do it any differently. I just think we go to college way too early as human beings. Like, can I go again and pick like another major and learn again? Cause now I have these new developed passions, right? Right. If only there was more of like a cross rotational type of program where you can just try all sorts of different things and, to, and then ultimately find what you think is going to be best for you, too. Because, I mean, I, I switched majors like three different times until I finally landed on one that I was actually that I ended up being proud of. And I think a lot of that just came from the perspective that you get overall, whether that's any sort of organization. I was in a fraternity as well. So that kind of helped me you know, shape my interests and what I wanted to do also based on like what everyone else was doing, uh, but also trying to think for myself and figuring out where I best fit in. Totally. I think it's funny you said like a rotational program because companies offer that, right? Like I know my company has a marketing rotation you can apply for. And how cool is that, right? To be able to try a ton of different marketing jobs and then figure out which one like you're best at or you enjoy most, because I don't think we get those opportunities enough. And Sometimes we isolate ourselves or we get a job out of college and we're like, this is it. I'm stuck in this one job, but we're not stuck. We just have to keep learning, right? Like we spend our whole lives learning until we graduate from college. And then what we just decide, yeah, we're done learning. That's it. But it's like, it's an evolving process. So I think committing to like lifelong learning is something I've been working on. 
Is grad school something that you plan on potentially visiting? No, I am not a school girl. Um, I just, I never loved going to school. Like I loved being social. I liked certain classes, but I don't, I mean, never say never, but I don't think I could go back to school now. I just don't think I could do it. Yeah, I've had thoughts about it too, especially since my company's willing to do tuition reimbursement to a certain amount. But, you know, it's, it's kind of like you mentioned. I mean, I, I loved soaking up everything that I was able to learn in college. However, afterward, you find an appreciation for learning things in different areas that don't involve lecture hours or, home, yeah, or homework for that matter. Homework. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's exactly it. I love learning. I read so many books. I listen to so many podcasts. I am an avid learner, but I do not like school. And I can tell you that so wholeheartedly that I was just never as a kid or an adult, I never liked school. So I bet the classes were definitely something that you didn't miss at all when you moved over to San Francisco during your senior year. Yes. I did not miss class and online lectures that are optional are very hard to get yourself to attend. Well, so a motto that I've been repeating lately when it comes to work and appreciating yourself at work and everything is you're not happy at work if you're not happy outside of work. I've been staying true to that motto once I first heard heard it on a different podcast. And so I was wondering, what do you do other than podcasting, of course, that keeps yourself active and happy outside of work? I love that motto and quote. I think I my podcast was the beginning. So during COVID, actually, if you ask like this year or last year today, I probably was telling you that I wanted to have my own oatmeal brand because my Instagram, that's now my podcast Instagram was all my baking recipes been an avid baker since I was very young. So I still love to bake, but I completely agree with that, that you need something else and podcasting and like this community I've built through it has been so powerful for me because I feel like when I close my laptop, there's something else that I'm working on and something else that I'm really passionate about. And I think this is one of the few times in my life I've had that. I mean, we're very young. We're going to have lots of passions. Um, but aside from podcasting in this community, I, this is such a lame answer, but I love group fitness classes. I'm like such a group fitness junkie. I'm a certified spin instructor. I don't teach, but I love it. And my boyfriend and I just joined a pickleball league, which is hilarious because like my parents play and my grandma plays and like all these people play, but we just joined one in the city and it's been a lot of fun as well. So just trying to figure out those different outlets, right? Yeah, absolutely. I once COVID hit and everything and I was pretty much doing what I could to stay busy out like outside of work, you know, just to keep myself, you know, mentally sane. Uh, so I pretty mm-hmm. much turned to learning how to golf, pretty much spent a lot of time like doing a lot of like outdoor activities such as hiking or, you know, the gyms were closed at the time, too. So essentially working in my, my basement was just not gonna was not gonna cut yeah. it. But I've also been looking at some other like classes that you mentioned, too. I mean, if I could get into boxing, I think that would be like the next hobby to take on in terms of staying physically active and everything. Yeah, it's a great workout. Did you start your podcast during COVID? I did actually. Yeah, I started it, I believe I started it in late October was when I first released like the trailer for it. I spent like probably two weeks getting everything prepped and ready to go in terms of a logo and an agenda and guests and everything. And so, yeah, I I started it pretty much because I wanted to hear everyone's perspective on how they were doing, Uh, because I figured, you know, people love to talk about themselves and I love to hear their journey going into where they're at today. So I think the podcasting space has done great wonders for myself and my mental health. I love that. I love that so much. I love what you're doing. Thank you. 
And so what are some pieces of advice that you have for people as they navigate the complexity of adulthood that your show likes to encompass? Well, I'll start out by saying that I'm not the one with the good advice, but I think if I could tell myself when I was 18 or just in general that there is no right path, there is no prescribed path for after college and you're not doing it wrong and you're not doing it right because you just have to do what works for you. And I think I've struggled with this in the sense of like, is it you should be grinding. Nothing good comes without hard work. Like we hear all those quotes, but then we also hear like, you need to enjoy the moment. Like you're never going to have this moment again. You don't know how good you have it right now. And I just think it's true. They're both true and they're true at different times. The person that tells you to enjoy the moment might've just finished grinding for 10 years. And the person that tells you that you should be grinding harder might have just always relaxed and not know, not know. Like, I just think there's so much pressure to follow what we see on social media and this quote unquote right path, but there is no right path. It is all made up and we just have to follow what's working for us in the moment and read. I think reading is so important. Yeah, that is that is something that I, I feel like a lot of people like to, you know, circle back to and say, oh, I wish I could, I, I should read a little bit more this year or I should... Uh, I've actually been finding myself reading quite yeah. a bit. And I'm such like a phony reader. I don't read. I listen to Audible and audiobooks, but I, I call it reading. And I just think everything I've done today and anything I'm passionate about has probably come from a book or something I listened to and an idea I heard because we only know what we put in our heads and we put in front of us. And there could be like, there could be a job out there or an idea out there that you've never heard that could be for you that you just don't know about yet. And earlier you made a couple of good points too, when it comes to the intensity of grinding. And I'm curious to know like your take on the hustle culture and how people are have, as of lately have been calling it toxic and, you know, counterproductive being so addicted to the grind. What's your take on that? I struggle with that because I think, yeah, you do need to grind sometimes, but my mentors, I just think, I just think it comes with seasons of your life, but my mentor says something, um, Steph Caldwell, the one who wrote that book manifest her. And I think it's so spot on. She said, life doesn't have to be hard. You get to choose. And she talks about her husband, who's a very successful businessman. And he's always happy. He's always having fun. And He's never angry and stressed out. And it's, that's not how he lives his life. And you get to choose because you can be the most successful person in the world, but if you're not happy, like, what does it mean? And I just love this idea. It's like, you get to choose if your life's hard, like you get to call it hard. And I think something I've learned too, as entering this adult world, when people ask how you are, a lot of people want to say busy. No one cares if you're busy. We're all busy. Like everyone's busy, but like, how are you personally? Right. I don't know if that gave you a full take on hustle culture. I don't know. I think I'm honestly trying to figure out that for myself. Right. I've been really hustling on my podcast and working a lot, but at the same time, I enjoy it. So is that like hustle culture? I'll do it time and time again, because that's something that like I'll stay up late working on because it brings me so much joy. Yeah, it's interesting from our perspective too because we're a part of the younger generation too and you know age-wise, you know, we're at that age where people are going to be asking, you know, like what are we doing with our lives and we're expected to give this grand explanation as to where we're at and what we're going to do and our aspirations and all that. And it's intense, you know, it's intimidating and nobody really told us, you know, how to exactly curtail that type of answer. 
So I mean, I, we're at a very interesting age when it comes to the hustle culture yeah. because it can work in our favor or it doesn't. You know, we're the ones that can dictate, you know, how hard we can make our lives become. Absolutely. I think it's funny whenever people ask me, like, what do you want to do like long term when your career goals? And I say, I want to change the world. I don't know how, but like, I want to change the world. <laughs> people are like, oh, I'm like, yeah, I'll let you know how it works out, though. <laughs> What's your typical reaction when someone asks you how you're doing? Um, now I have to think. I think right now when people ask me how I'm doing, I say I'm excited because I'm really excited about the podcast stuff I'm working on. I'm really excited for it to launch. I've recorded so many episodes. I've learned so much and I'm just excited to put it out into the world. Yeah. That's good because I, I can't stand, you know, the people that'll just respond by saying, good, how are you? Yeah. You know, it's just too, it's too vague. You know, tell me a story, you know, tell me what's going on. Like, you know, go above and beyond That's that it. kind of answer. I know. I feel like when Zoom meetings start on my team or someone's like, how's everyone? I'm like, I'm fabulous. Just like something like loud and like people just like, cause I, I agree. It's like, I'm good. It's like, all right, well, nice to talk to you. Good. Like, right. Yeah. I know it's, it doesn't add much at all. <laughs> yeah. Zoom meetings are tough though. It's they're hard to, I feel like engage on when you have them back to back all day long. Yeah. Because even if you are like a boisterous or a very, you know, uh, animated type of character on zoom that can still come off as kind of weird because of the zoom yeah. platform in yeah. person, it, it probably wouldn't matter because people can probably you know, feed off of that type of energy. But when it comes to Zoom meetings, it's just a little different. Totally. And like your jokes don't always hit on Zoom or like people are talking over each other. So it's just, it can be awkward, but I feel like hopefully though, I mean, Zoom's never going away, but hopefully as life gets back to normal, so will some of that in-person connection and meetings. Yeah, now that you mentioned it too, I wonder if they could just add like a laugh track feature to a Zoom meeting or something, just so somebody's joke kind of lands. Yeah, literally. I love that. Another final bonus question that I have for you is, what do you think is the most useless college degree? Wow, this is like a hot question. Yep, it's a question that I ask all of my guests. I love this. You really put people on the spot. I'm trying to think like what the really like weird college degrees are that are like super outlandish. I don't, I mean, maybe you hear people say this all the time, but I don't think any college degree is, I don't think any college degree is useless because I think going to college is not about the degree. Like, yeah, if you're going to become a lawyer or doctor, it is. But I think if for most of us that don't know what we're going to do after college still, you're going to college to, especially if you go away, to learn how to get by, to learn how to take care of yourself, to learn how to go to class and be accountable and study and just like build those life skills. I don't think I can remember one class from college and it, like that I really loved. And it was a sales class I took and we had to pitch our product to a person for three minutes and it was pass fail. If they would buy it and you like hit your pitch points, whatever. But my point is, it was an in-person communicative sales class. That was the only class that I remember from college that I was like, damn, that was a really good learning. I think the rest of it is who you are as a person and a lot of it's network, right? It's not about what you know. Unfortunately, sometimes it's about who you know, and it's about putting yourself in positions to make new connections and to meet people and to put yourself out there. I don't think there's a useless degree. I just think that some degrees like being a lawyer or a doctor are obviously a little bit more of a straight path versus like a business major. There's a lot you can do there. Absolutely. Love that answer. Well, Lauren, this has been a fantastic conversation. So where can people go to learn more about you and your new show that's coming out soon? 
Yes. Um, my new show is Life Snacks. It will be on all the places podcasts are found. So Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And then if you want to keep up with me and the show, it's at Lauren D. Tierney on Instagram. Also, sidebar, how did you come up with the name for the podcast, Life Snacks? Because I like that. It's kind of like a play on words with life hacks. Yeah. So um, like I said, my Instagram a year ago was baking Instagram. And if my friends would probably tell you anything, it's like I always show up with so many snacks. I always bring the snacks. I always bake. And I had my baking Instagram and I was like, this is like life snacks, like bite-sized knowledge about life and bite-sized clips of wisdom and inspiration that you'll get each week. Um, So it's really like we're snacking on life advice. That's such a perfect title. I love that. Thank you. Well, thanks again for being on the show today, Lauren. Best of luck to you in the future. Thank you so much. I'm so appreciative of you having me and I love everything you're doing. My guest today was Lauren Tierney. And if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and subscribe and share with your friends and family. If you haven't already, follow us on Instagram at useless.degrees and go like our Facebook page, Useless Degrees Podcast. Thanks again so much for listening, and I look forward to entertaining you all on the next episode.